It was 2 a.m. in the morning. I stood at the balcony on the mezzanine floor of the garden centre I owned, an eight-foot ficus in one hand, a Bacardi Coke in the other, wondering to myself, what did I know about a garden centre? What did I know about a cafe? At the time, I employed 60 people across four businesses. I had a garden centre, two cafes, and a decorating business. I just built a five-bedroom house, brand new, on three acres, and a brand new three-bedroom house for my grandfather. I owned new cars, I had brand new furniture, I had money in the bank. I was doing quite well financially. I decided then, while standing on that balcony, looking across the garden centre, that it was time to sabotage this chapter of my life. Six months later, I was bankrupt, living in a rented property with my first wife, my young son, my sister, and her newborn baby. I was happy again. Welcome to the 13 Elephants podcast. My name is Dr. Michael. Follow 13 Elephants and my story on Apple Podcast, on Spotify Podcast, And please subscribe to 13 Elephants on YouTube. I appreciate you all. I thank you also very much for allowing me into your space to share the story. This is the 13 Elephants podcast. I am Dr. Michael. Come along for the ride. Today's episode is about ego. And more than anything, it's about the inflated ego. In a lot of ways, I've always struggled with ego. I've always had the expectation in me that I am to be what everybody else has told me I need to be. Whether that be somebody that was perceivably mental, whether that be somebody that was perceivably rich or poor or gay or straight or masculine, or effeminate. I always felt that I had to perform like a monkey to be what it was that other people saw me as rather than what it was for me to be me. So starting a business wasn't too difficult for me. It wasn't something that I really aspired to do. I didn't really want to be a businessman. It was kind of like an expectation in a way that this would be a natural progression of what I would become. I'd finished my interior decorating apprenticeship. I was selected as one of the top five apprentices in New Zealand. I went to Wellington, met with a minister there who gave some kind of award uh, that I received. And then I went about building my own business. When I started, it wasn't really that difficult. I've always had a, a way with people. I've always had an ability to extend charm, which comes naturally. Charisma I had. So I started my business, and I simply started it by uh, walking around with my girlfriend at the time, putting uh, and my sister, <laughs> putting um, pamphlets into uh, letterboxes around certain subdivisions in uh, a Waikato town, um, maybe maybe 500 of them we did 
uh, from that. Uh, I got a few contacts, and one of which was a uh, significant uh, hotel-motel complex uh, in town where there was uh, 50-odd units, and they wanted me to redecorate all of them, uh, which I did. And that was really the start of my business. From there, I employed more and more staff. I employed uh, up to 35 people in the decorating company. And things were going pretty well. I found it really easy. I found that uh, expanding the business was not too difficult. But again, there was this expectation on me that I was supposed to be something that just wasn't. Uh, At the time, I I wore uh, designer suits. Uh, on a Friday, I would uh, go into cafes to spend my time at cafes more than anything. I would look after the guys when I did or when I could. Uh, for a period of time, I had my sister working for me, uh, which caused some friction at certain times, that's for sure. But all the same, we had a good time sometimes. Um, and developing the business was relatively easy. It was an expectation I had of Not so much me, but an expectation I had to meet that others wanted of me. The perception that I was a businessman when I wasn't at all. Once the the decorating company had had kind of cemented itself within the region as one of the top ones uh, with significant contracts held with different companies around the place, I got bored. It was the same same kind of behavior every day the same kind of thing every day and I got I got bored so I thought why not buy something and a garden center came up for sale and I didn't really think too much of it other than I don't know anything about a garden center why don't I buy it which is what I did I bought it so I had the decorating company I bought the garden center and then I bought a cafe or built a cafe in a in a local mall, and then I also put another cafe into the garden centre. At that time, there were around 50 to 60 uh, staff that were employed by me. Again, to me, it was a mystery how that had occurred. I didn't plan it. It just happened. It just evolved. And I was successful for a period of time. But I got to a a point with the garden centre where... This wasn't who I was. It wasn't what I wanted to be. The the perception of wealth was just not me. And I couldn't live it when I tried. I had the new car. I had the lovely big house with another wing on the side for my sister to live when she returned from Europe, which she did live in for a period of time while pregnant. But it just wasn't me. I was not filled. My cup was not filled. The day-to-day grind was simple. It was business. It's hard, but to me it was relatively simple. So at some point during that period of time, prior to me standing on that balcony, looking out across the floor of the garden centre, my ego was realised. My ego of me wanting to be me rather than wanting me to be everything that everybody thought I was, was realized. I no longer needed to be measured by wealth nor 
did I have to be measured by new cars, nor did I have to be measured by a beautiful home. I had to be measured by me, by who I was as a person, because it was lost, because I had to perform. At the time, the perception was that I was drinking a, quite a lot, and I wasn't. It was an inaccuracy. My drinking was sporadic at best. Once a month, possibly once a fortnight at best, in comparison to many at the time that were doing many more things, many more, um, drinking a lot more alcohol or, or taking drugs. I just wasn't doing that. But I had to live up to that and maintain that. And I felt an obligation to be that fuck-up of a person that people perceived me to be. So my ego was huge to others, but to me was meaningless. It got to a point with the garden centre where I gave away plants and trees. I had school kids coming into the centre and I just gave plants away. I had 90% off sales. It was an unproductive business model. Yet to me it was joy, absolute joy to do that. I would go to the garden centre late at night and I would unlock the doors of the garden centre and I would take plants, significant plants, trees in fact, and I would take them and order a, a, an, uh, sorry, a, a taxi, generally like a, a larger taxi, and I would put these plants in and then I would take them around to people's houses in the middle of the night, sometimes one o'clock in the morning, two o'clock in the morning, and I would give these plants to my close friends. At that time, the friends I had had significant amounts of money. One of my friends had, or his wealth at the time was worth 20 to $30 million, and this was back in the late 90s, early 2000s. I would turn up at his house often at one, two o'clock in the morning with these plants. And I would give them to him and he would invite me in. And I would lie on his bed with him and I would talk for an hour or so. Just about stuff, not about business. Business was irrelevant. I did that often enough that it became a habit. The purpose was my demise. That's what I had to do. I had to be somebody that was in control of the ego that I wanted. And if the ego I wanted was to be somebody that was in control of self, I had to be in control of self in a way that others thought of me. And others began to think of me as in some part emotionally or mentally disturbed. Yet I wasn't. I was perfectly aware of what I was doing. So as things progressed and the decorating company was increasing, getting better, more work, the garden centre was doing quite well. The negotiated lease on one of the sites was low, so it wasn't too difficult to manage. I moved a lot of the decorating company into contractual arrangements so it wasn't really that much of a, a difficulty in terms of cash flow but the garden centre did uh, lose a bit of money let's say 
and the representation of what the money was going to be per week wasn't realised. So eventually the garden seemed to cause some difficulties and this was after I'd given all the plants away. This is after I'd gone on my night drives <laughs> to give my friends trees and sometimes they weren't even friends sometimes they were business associates associates that I would just turn up at their house in the early hours of the morning with a tree for some bizarre reason these people greeted me and were grateful I never really understood that but and so I just continued it it was an expectation that this is just who I am and what I was doing and there was no question about it I didn't really give it any attention myself But the method to sabotage was successful. Things started to get difficult, but for me, they became easy. We had beautiful new carpet in the house that was built on the three acres. It lasted possibly a month before it was taken out and repossessed. The beautiful brand new car I had was repossessed. The curtains were taken, the lounge suite was taken, all the furniture was taken. The garden center was liquidated. Prior to that, the person came in to see me, the liquidator, and wanted to sit down and talk. And his method in a way was quite good, I think. He, he bought a box of beer, assuming that I was a person that may have some secrets. And he placed the box of beer on my office desk and he opened a can and he gave me a can and I continued to drink the majority and he drank one or two. And he was trying to get as much information out of me around the demise of the business, questioning, I guess, to find out if anything was hidden or if there was any kind of dodgy behavior going on when there wasn't. I couldn't hide anything. I am a person that exposes all. I hold nothing back, and in doing so, I only speak truth. So there was no gain to what he was doing other than providing some alcohol, which I happened to drink on that particular day. There was an abandonment that was felt, though. I felt I had abandoned something through that particular process. When the liquidator left, the deal was done. The garden center was to be closed. The bank was to come in. The assets were to be sold off. And the demise of the business was realized. It was realized in a way that for me was joyful. I felt comforted. I felt happier at the decline of the business than I did as the business rose to what it was. My explanation for that simply is that the expectation on me was that I would be successful. It was not what I wanted. It just became part of the journey. And then the notion that I had some kind of emotional and mental way about me that meant I would cock things up had to be realized and it was but it was controlled by me in not a manipulative way 
just in a way that was my way. I learned very quickly during my period in business, which spanned close to 10 to 15 years, that making the money was not too difficult. And a lot of people will say that. Surrounding oneself with those people that are successful may be a method for some. It wasn't for me. It just was not a method for me. I felt uncomfortable around people with money. I felt I had to be what they wanted to be, me to be, when I just wasn't there. I just wasn't there. I found it relatively easy and I looked the part, but I just wasn't there. I was tormented and confused that my reason for being was to promote, was to develop, was to become some kind of business entity that would rival the big boys. And I touched on that for a period. And I disliked it. I disliked it immensely. So I had to sabotage it in my own way. And that's not saying that I sabotaged the process. It's saying I sabotaged my ego. My ego to be what it was I was supposed to be, I sabotaged. I made the ego that others expected of me void, and I replaced the ego with me. What that looked like was arrogance. What that looked like was ignorance. What that looked like was me being self-absorbed and only thinking about me when it wasn't that for me. For me, being everything I was supposed to be, which was a business person, which was some kind of successful person in the community, that wasn't me. I didn't want that. I wanted to be me and knowing who I am and what I was, I wanted to be there for people. I didn't care about the money. I wanted to be there for people. I lost a lot of friends during that time. I lost a lot of business acquaintances during that time. When I finally went bankrupt, the money that was owed was cleared. I probably didn't have to go bankrupt, but it was a choice and it was something that I had to walk away from. I ended up moving to the beach with my first wife, my son, my sister and her newborn daughter. During what I will say is the joyful time at the beach was also a recovery time and a rebuilding and a lived experience of knowing that it's easier to get something like money than it is to hold on to it, especially when you don't want it, but the expectation is you have to have it. My lived experience was third space because I understood money. I understood people who came from money I understood people who did not come from money. I did not come from money. 
I was just good at getting it at the time and I didn't even want it. It just came my way. The third space experience is about understanding how you do not have to conform. You can be yourself. But when you are yourself, you potentially will be punished for being self. You will be seen as egocentric. You will be viewed as dissimilar to what the goal might be of a person at that particular time in that particular age group when in business. I don't really question my ego too much these days. I understand who I am. I understand what I'm about. But I learnt very quickly that to be me is isolating. To be anybody that's individual outside of the norm is isolating, but required. It's necessary. One has to rub the other way. One has to be in a position to be able to make decisions that everybody else says is wrong. One has to go on a journey where the third space is realized by the lived experience, which is foreign to the majority, but known to the individual. It's important. It's what we have to do as human beings to develop, expand, to help others learn, to be confident enough to be able to be oneself while others are questioning oneself. I'm learning to not question myself. I'm learning to pull apart those labels that define me as something that I'm not. Unfortunately, to define me as a business person means that I have to redefine me as a failed businessman. I don't feel like a failed businessman. I just feel like I'm not a businessman, and I'm cool with that. Living at the beach was joy because everything had gone and was being taken and was stripped away. And I was left reinventing myself and wondering what that looked like. At the time, I decided that university might be the way to go. At the time, I decided that I wanted to re-engage with what I had known as a child. What I had known as a child and a young adult that wanted to help people. Bankruptcy was one of the best things that occurred to me. Bankruptcy allowed me to understand that the lived experience of the ego is safe and known. Bankruptcy made me understand that I want to be an individual. I seek positivity and that doesn't mean that I seek ego of positivity overall. It just means that I'm comfortable and learning more about who I am and learning more about what I want to be 
as a third space individual that experienced a period of time in my life that some would allow that experience to define them. Multiple people out there have gone through bankruptcy and become incredibly successful business people. They learned this is not what this was about for me. I knew right, right along that was not who I was. I didn't want to go into business again because I didn't enjoy it. To talk about the third space lived experience of the ego is to also talk about the third space lived experience of the anti-ego. However, the anti-ego is the other. The ego is us. When we define us and we don't seek the other's view of us, then we are truly living in the third space. My name is Dr. Michael. This is the 13 Elephants Podcast. Follow me in my story of the lived experience on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcast, and YouTube. I appreciate you all. I thank you all so very much for allowing me into your space to share the story. Come along for the ride.